morning. Uh, sorry, good afternoon. Jeez, I've had a horrible week. Uh, <laughs> um, welcome everyone to the Hot Politics Lab. Uh, it's good to see um, so many people uh, uh, we don't often see. So that, that's great. Welcome. Uh, we have uh, a great speaker today, uh, Constantine uh, Boussalis. I've been misspelling your name since 2017, uh, Constantine. I'm sorry for that. It's not with an R, it's double S. Uh, <laughs> this um, also explains why I can never find you on Twitter, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Constantine is a assistant professor at Trinity College and uh, has a, a range of publications on, on quite diverse topics. Uh, environmental politics is, is a big thing he's, he's publishing on. I also saw some really interesting stuff that I was unfamiliar with uh, on, uh, published in social science and medicine. So uh, I know Constantine from, uh, let's call it the text analysis world. And, uh, and, and I think uh, he's doing some really exciting uh, work there. And then, um, I don't know, a year ago, a little, little more than a year ago, I assume, I was in Dublin and, and, and Constantine and I talked about this project of his where they were analyzing, uh, essentially doing emotion recognition using different modalities uh, uh, on uh, German election debates. And that's what he will uh, be presenting today, uh, super exciting topic. And um, yeah, for those of you who are new here, uh, Constantine will talk for about 20 minutes. Then we'll have the, the Q&A. Uh, and you will write questions as participants into the Q&A box, which is below in the middle, the two balloons. And then I, uh, sorry, Bert will, uh, will uh, read them out uh, uh, to you. Okay, uh, Constantine, without further ado, I wanna give you the floor. Thank you very much. Uh, it's really a pleasure to be here. Um, uh, presenting at the Hot Politics Lab. Um, I know that uh, um, myself and my co-authors are really looking forward to your feedback as well. Um, so uh, as Heis mentioned, uh, this is a project that we've been working on, uh, myself and Travis Cohen from Exeter, Mira Holman from Tulane, and Stefan Mueller from uh, UCD here in Dublin. Um, and uh, this is something that we've been um, We've been working on it's it's a bit based on a paper that Travis Cohen and I uh, had published uh, last year where we're looking at U.S. elections, um, but um, as I'll talk in a second about um, there's uh, some features of those results that really we want to pursue further, um, and especially the specifically the gendered aspect of um, emotion responses uh, from voters. Uh, so. Um, I guess let's just get started. So the motivation for this paper, um, well, you know, we know that televised debates are um, central events in many democratic systems, um, and it's increasingly um, so over time. Um, and we also know that verbal as well as, and here's where we're coming in, a nonverbal emotional expression um, in campaigns uh, matter. Um, and uh, we argue, um, and I think that we're probably preaching to the choir here, but we argue that uh, emotions matter in politics and that um, leaders actually will use um, these emotions uh, strategically, um, especially uh, based on the literature, especially anger and happiness when they are presenting themselves to the electorate um, via these debates. And so, um, but there's another wrinkle here, which is that um, especially, you know, theoretically, uh, we would expect that emotions are not actually equally acceptable from all candidates because voters will apply different expectations based on candidate gender. 
Um, there's probably other dimensions as well, but in this paper, we are looking at gender specifically. So uh, women uh, candidates, politicians will employ their emotions strategically. They are aware of this and they, we argue they will employ emotions strategically and voters will react positively to the strategic use of emotions. And so in this paper, we are um, relying on, a, on an amazing data set um, of German uh, debates. Uh, so we are studying the kind of actually the universe of cases of um, televised German debates that have uh, women, uh, women candidate or women candidates um, in them. So specifically it's uh, uh, 2005, 2009, 2013, 2017 with Angela Merkel. And there's also a minor party debate with two female candidates in 2017 that we're studying. So, um, just a little bit of theory here, uh, you know, when we as uh, voters are choosing political leaders, we argue um, uh, voters will um, incorporate candidates' emotional expressions when they're making evaluations of how acceptable um, these candidates are. And um, what voters really want is they want leaders to be strong, but also they don't, like we say here, they don't want psychopaths. So it's great um, for a leader to express strength but um, there's probably some tipping point after which um, this person is probably not stable and shouldn't lead us. Um, and well, you know, we can debate as to the external, the actual external validity of that based on experience, but um, there's significant literature to support this. Uh, so what this suggests, the implications here is that um, this limits the range of acceptable emotions leaders can express. And, um, you know, things like anger and happiness are, are okay. Um, but things like sadness or, or fear, for instance, um, are generally unacceptable, right? So we, you know, candidates will be punished if they were to express those. Um, but um, again, that added layer here is that, well, this, this um, you know, uh, these um, expectations aren't equal for all candidates, right? And so um, based on socialization of, of, of voters, we expect them to treat emotive displays from female candidates, women candidates, and men and male candidates differently. Um, so gender role congruity uh, theory argues that men and women are socialized into different roles. And there's this one ex uh, kind of famous motto in this literature, getting ahead versus getting along. And so women are socialized to be more caring and communal. That's the one kind of set of expectations that we have or that you know people in general we would expect to have based on socialization, and then men are more independent or, or we would say agentic. Um, and uh, these roles include constraints on levels and types of emotions. So from this, these theories, we um, derive a set of hypotheses. Uh, first is that um, women uh, who are seeking leadership roles understand these, um, these, uh, um, these constraints. Um, and they will um, express their emotions consistent with both the leadership role, again, where we expect kind of a balance between what, we, you know, technically it's called hedonic and agonistic uh, expressions, um, and also gender role, right, um, uh, that they would expect to be more communal. Um, and so voters will reward, we, we, we also expect that voters will recognize this and they will reward them for congruent behavior. So. The first set of, uh, here we have kind of uh, candidate and voter level hypotheses. Women seeking office will express more happiness than will men, and men will express more anger than will women. 
That's on the candidate side. And then on the voter side, we expect voters will reward women's happiness and punish their anger relatively to men's expression of happiness and anger. Um, also, uh, women are assumed to feel and express a broader set of emotions, right? So here we're um, interested in the, just the level of e emotiveness. And so uh, we expect that women will express more emotions overall compared to men, but on the voter side, we're, we're not quite sure basically theoretically, like the theory is a little bit, not a little bit, it is ambiguous here in our reading. So, um, you know, we could expect voters will react positively or negatively to emo emotional expression by women compared to men. So getting to the research design, um, let me just see how we're doing on time. I think I'm doing okay. Um, so uh, what do we do here? Well, we, you know, we're focusing on those debates that I mentioned. Um, so we downloaded them from, most of them from YouTube. There's also one from C-SPAN and we did some stuff to it um, to make it more German. Um, but um, we then extract these frames um, and then we pass each of these frames to the Microsoft Face API which um, we don't have the actual, it's, you know, we don't, we don't know kind of the, the secret sauce underneath this, uh, in this API, but we're almost positive that this is a convolution, convolutional neural network. What that does is it produces confidence scores for eight emotions. Uh, we focus in our, in our study on anger and happiness. Um, but then, as Heiss mentioned in the introduction, we're not just looking at um, facial expressions, uh, uh, we're also interested in the multimodal aspect of um, emotive displays. And this, I, this we believe is a, is a strength of the paper as well. So what we do is we take the, um, the sound and we calculate the candidate vocal pitch and we proxy this as the, um, and this is used as a proxy for uh, emotional intensity. And then we also take the uh, transcripts and we apply a sentiment dictionary to it uh, to get um, the sentiment of the utterances as well. So combining all of this data, um, we, we bring it with, um, we combine it with uh, focus group participant data. So uh, the, the kind of the, the, the greatness of this data set is that um, for each of these debates, there were uh, subjects who were watching this debate live in a focus group and were providing continuous response measure data on how much they liked or disliked um, the candidates uh, as they were as they were watching the debate. So when we combine all this data, then we can test the two levels of a hypotheses: the voter level and the candidate level. Um, uh, I think I'm just going to kind of skip over kind of the modeling section here, um, but uh, absolutely we can discuss um, we can discuss uh, further in Q and A. Um, okay, so. Moving along, so basically we pass all these frames to the Microsoft Face API and it returns these scores. Um, I guess uh, because this is a technical lab, we, we, we should probably talk a little bit about validation. So can we trust uh, what, what the Face API is actually returning to us? And um, we, we, you know, we take this question seriously and we, um, we uh, recruited some uh, uh, research assistants and um, we, uh, we put together uh, uh, interface here uh, using label box and we randomly um, sampled uh, five second clips from the videos that we were uh, studying. And we asked the respondents to basically to give us um, that to, to score on a Likert scale, the level of emotion um, that they see um, and specifically anger and happiness or any emotion. 
And um, uh, based on the pilot, uh, we were pretty happy. A pilot of 70, uh, 75 gave us a carbon dose alpha of 0.81. Um, and here are the results of the validation. So there's kind of two levels of validation here. Um, we weren't, you know, it's kind of, we weren't quite sure exactly how we want to do this, but um, so I guess more is better. Uh, first is uh, just a comparison between the continuous variable and this five-point scale, the continuous variable being the, 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 the prediction of the, from the model. And so out-of-sample performance with the five-fold uh, repeated cross-validation gave us a root mean squared error of 0.82. Um, and uh, that's for happiness and 1.03 for anger. And so um, that means that, well, predictions are within less than a point on this one to five scale, this Likert scale that we're asking, which we think is pretty good. Um, but, uh, you know, we can also look at this in a different way, like a classification performance question. And so here we recoded this five point Likert scale um, to a dummy, one being very much uh, or extremely on that scale or zero otherwise. And we fit a logistic regression classifier. Again, uh, examine held out model performance with five-fold repeated cross-validation. And, you know, you know, we're pretty satisfied. We got an F1 score for happiness of 0.95 and uh, also similarly reduced uh, ac uh, accuracy in general here, but F1 uh, for anger 0.77. But again, you know, we're pretty happy with the validation. And uh, we can discuss also, um, let's see, do I, how much time do I have? Um, you know, uh, maybe in the Q&A also, we can discuss kind of the um, inherent biases of um, these, these algorithms uh, on, um, you know, Basically, there's there's kind of there, there's evidence to suggest that like white men are classified much better than um, than 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 darker toned uh, humans, um, and uh, you know there's evidence to suggest that you know uh, darker women are classified much worse, right, relative to white men. Um, there's less of a problem, I guess, if we're going to call it this, less of a problem between white men and white women. Um, relative to darker toned people. Um, but we can discuss this in Q&A uh, if someone likes. Um, but I just want to throw that out there as well, that these things, it, these biases do exist. Okay, uh, just very quickly, another type of uh, um, validation that we had, we just uh, relied on existing human codings from the original studies of these, um, of using these data. And uh, in there, humans had um, coded whether there was a uh, smiling uh, at a given in a given second, um, and so we uh, compared the Microsoft Face API predictions to these human codings, and again, we found pretty pretty solid um, uh, correlation here. Uh, so, getting to the actual results, uh, what we see here is um, well, the first is just looking at anger and happiness displays for Merkel versus her male uh, opponents. Um, uh, across all the debates. And just descriptively, we can see that um, the males were um, probably, you know, not probably, it looks like they were more angry than Merkel throughout. Um, and, um, but with the happiness, it's a little bit ambiguous, right? There are points where Merkel's more happy um, versus shorter, um, but uh, less, uh, less happy or maybe equally um, with the other competitors. Uh, well, you know, we can actually model this. And what we do, what we find is that, um, yes, like when we include all the debate, all the, all the data from all the debates, uh, we see that Merkel was less um, likely to, um, 
uh, had, a, had a lower average um, confidence score in anger um, relative to her competitors. There's no real difference in happiness or a non-neutral uh, display, so any, any emotion. Um, but we also see that um, uh, Merkel displayed lower uh, vocal intensity than her um, male competitors. Okay, so that's on the that's on the candidate side. Now moving to the results on the vote on the voter side, what we find is um, generally uh, consistent with our theoretical expectations. Um, we see that for two of the debates, um, Angela Merkel was punished for her anger displays, and conversely, these are these these um, these results are Angela Merkel versus her uh, male opponent. These are that's what these effects are. And so um, conversely, then men are rewarded for uh, their anger displays relative to uh, Merkel. Um, we also see that Angela Merkel was, um, was rewarded for happiness, happiness displays relative to her male opponent. We also see um, rewards for um, higher emotive, emotive uh, vocal displays and also um, uh, uh, positive sentiment for Angela Merkel relative to her male opponents. Um, in on the um, we also looked at just uh, emotions in general, if you recall that that hypothesis, and we see that um, for almost all of the debates, she is um, rewarded for her um, uh, for for any emotion, any facial display, um, any motive facial display, um, and in these models we see generally um, similar effects for the uh, vocal and for the um, uh, and and for the sentiment of her utterances. Now, uh, we have also a validation, um, uh, I'm sorry, a robustness check here. Uh, just very um, quickly, what, uh, if you recall, I mentioned that there was a minor party debate in 2017. Um, here we had five candidates, uh, two of them being women. Um, interestingly, we have uh, one of the women is on the far right, the AFD, and um, the other woman is on the far left in Dailinka. So, um, there's also kind of an interesting kind of balance there in terms of we have both extreme candidates. Um, uh, what we see is a, a pattern that's very similar to the results from Angela Merkel. So we see that uh, these female candidates relative to their male opponents uh, displayed less anger, um, not much, no difference, no statistically significant difference in happiness or any emotion, but also they were less likely to, to have a heightened vocal pitch uh, relative to their male counterparts. Um, and also with the, on the voter reaction side, we see generally a similar pattern. Um, their anger they were um, uh, they were uh, punished for their anger displays. Uh, we don't see any difference in the uh, rewarding or punishment for happiness, but again, uh, they're rewarded for in, uh, heightened vocal pitch and um, more positive sentiment. Um, we don't see any difference in how voters uh, reacted to any emotion. But in those models, again, we see the same thing for vocal and verbal displays. So in conclusion, uh, on the candidate emotion side, uh, so for candidates, we see that, well, in the Merkel data, we see that Merkel expresses far less anger than her male opponents, um, but no real difference in terms of happiness. And uh, we also see that results were consistent with emotional displays in this minor debate between those two female candidates. On the voter reaction side, Voters tend to reward male candidates for expressions of anger. They rewarded Merkel um, for her happiness displays. 
they rewarded Merkel generally for her emotional expressions. And so the overall conclusion then is that emotions, uh, again, preaching to the choir here, but emotions in debate seem to matter. Um, uh, we also say here that they're reported in the news in an appendix in our paper. We did, uh, we did a content analysis and we saw that the German press actually does report on um, following a debate, do, does report on uh, the emotions displayed by the candidates. And, um, and also we, argue, and we find here that Merkel's use of emotions and we argue her use of emotions is largely successful. All right, so that's all I have for you. I'm looking forward to questions and answers. Yes, uh, thanks, Constantine, uh, for this uh, very uh, interesting and engaging talk. Um, those of you in the audience, uh, the idea is that you ask questions to Constantine right now. You can do this by typing your question in the Q&A box. Uh, and uh, then I will read them out loud and Constantine will answer them. Uh, while you're thinking about your question, Constantine, maybe a question for clarification a little bit, and it, and it actually relates to the conclusions you draw here. But can you, can you say a little bit more about the effects and the, the extent to which emotions matter here? So they reward and, and um, so, so how important, how big are these effects that we see here? Right, that's that's obviously a, a great question. Um, so uh, let's see here. So I would have to recall now. Um, the uh, these uh, these um, these are on a dial. Um, so they are from the dial, I believe, is. Uh, you put me on the spot here, and I should know my substantive effects uh, by. Um, uh, but it's basically, um, it's a seven point scale. So we're talking here uh, like effects, um, like 0.75 on a, on, a, on a seven point scale, basically. So would you, how would you characterize that as small or big or somewhat in a minute? Yeah, so I mean, th like this is really interesting data, right? So the, the data, um, I mean, think about what's involved here. You have um, respondents that are that have this dial, right? And um, uh, and and it's actually if you the actual what's going on is they're 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 asked to you know we didn't we didn't come up this is great this is great data and we're not complaining, but they're actually asked to evaluate what they're hearing whether that means that it, they're more likely to support one candidate or the other. That's really what they're doing here. Um, and um, and so the, there's a little bit of a cognitive load there, and we wouldn't expect that um, that this would be the, the like the, the least noisy um, data out there, right? And so, given all of that, right, we would still say that um, that, that 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 these effects are substantive. Um, I'm seeing here that the the standard deviation of the one to seven dial is around one, so it's um, not like they're switching from the extremes all the time, right? But um, that that gives you a sense of a little bit of what what this effect size is. Yeah. No. So I, I'm I'm definitely around, convinced of the standard deviation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that um, I'm I'm definitely convinced of the effect sizes, but uh, you know I think that's a it is something um, uh, we should be talking about uh, and in, in, in terms of the importance. I think there's, ah, right, there are a couple of questions here. 
uh, start with Luz uh, Aldring from the FU University. Uh, dear Constantine, thank you for your interesting talk. I really like the study. I have two questions. Well, let's do one at a time, Constantine. Uh, at the first slide, you state that women candidates employ emotions strategically. Uh, however, don't you think that men, can, male candidates, also employ emotions strategically? Um, I, I, yes, I think so. Um, and uh, I think the results, um, although we're looking at, uh, you know, we're, the focus is on Angela Merkel, all, the results are, are relative to her male opponents. So the male opponents are rewarded for the anger displays that they would, um, that, they, that they show. And so that is consistent with the gender role um, theory expectations that we have, that um, men are socialized to take on a role of uh, you know, being strong, aggressive, um, and that um, and that they are not rewarded um, for you know an incongruent um, uh, display there. Yes. Okay. Thanks. The second question from uh, Luz: um, To what extent are the effects that you show real effects based on gender, or are they Angela Merkel effects? Yeah, so this is a great question. Um, and this is something that we were, that was constantly coming up when we were doing this study. So we were fortunate enough, um, so, so let me give a little bit of background here. In the paper that was published in um, last year in political communication uh, with myself and Travis Cohen, we did a, a somewhat similar study, although it didn't have this um, wide multimodal aspect to it but we were focusing on these facial displays of emotion. And it was on um, the one of the primary debates, uh, Republican party primary debates in the 2016 election. And on the stage, there were, um, it was all men. I think if, if memory serves, it was something like eight candidates. I don't remember exactly, but it was a large number of candidates. And then there was one woman, Carly Fiorina. And what we found was that she was, um, she was uh, punished again we were working with focus group uh, participants uh, that were watching it live at the time she was punished for basically any emotive display so happiness anger um so that that was kind of what signals so we're like okay um there's something odd going on here um with the female candidate now let's look at um let, let's see if we can find comparable data out there um and we and we we came across this merkel data now but it's not just the Merkel data we should we should stress here that we were fortunate also to have this data for the minor minor party debates and so here we had two women um, candidates and again and 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 kind of across the political spectrum also right far left far right um, and we see again this effect so I mean clearly this is a case study right like we would say it's a it's a it's like a special case study but we are not making claims that uh, we, we, we still can't make claims like that this is, um, you know, the, it's over, right? And that we like, this is settled. But we'd say that if we start to, if we're starting to triangulate, um, we'd probably say that there's something going on here. And we're also relying on very strong theory um, and also experimental um, research. Um, so say that, all right, there's a lot of internal validity, we argue, um, and we're starting to get um, get there with the external validity, but this is a this is a perfectly valid question, um, and it's something that we also were um, were struggling with. 
Thanks, uh, Constantine. Um, let's go to the next question from Patrick Stewart, University of Arkansas. Uh, this is some incredibly, uh, it's some incredible research, very exciting. Major question I have um, regards to the audience responses to the interaction of capacity cues, such as facial, physio, oh man, physiognomy and body size and display behavior. Could you speak to the intersection of gender, physiology, and emotion signaling? Yeah, so um, first of all, Dr. Stewart, uh, we haven't met, but uh, I, I'm very um, familiar with your, with your research. Um, and so thank you for the question. Um, so um, this is like, so basically the, in, in, in the literature on nonverbal communication, um, one way to look at this is that it's split between um, uh, basically uh, characteristics, um, um, characteristics that are um, static, right? And then you have dynamic characteristics. I'm, 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 uh, there's, there's probably a better way to explain this. And so um, we're only in this dynamic, uh, we're only working in this dynamic um, area here. So we're, um, we're looking at, um, so, so we're not just looking at morphological features, right? Um, uh, like uh, attractiveness, et cetera, and we don't control for them. Um, and so we can't really, if I understood the, the, the question, um, we, we can't really speak to this, right? So, and, and also we didn't have, any, we don't have really that much data either here to work, you know, to compare, um, to compare female candidates in this kind of context across kind of that spectrum um, on, on those dimensions. So unfortunately we can't really speak to that, but that would be somewhere that we would definitely wanna work like moving forward, absolutely. Um, but this is, you know, there's a lot of evidence um, also suggesting that voters react um, to morphological features um, of, of candidates and, they make, and they, they make their evaluations based on that. And we just can't speak to that part of the literature, unfortunately. All right, next question. Tobias Rohrbach, super interesting project and design. Could you talk a bit more about your outcome variables? Do you think these punishment reward patterns are consistent across different outcomes? In other words, competence, warmth, uh, assessments versus vote choice, etc. Yeah. So again, the, the confidence. Uh, I'm sorry. The um, the outcome variable is um, the seven point dial. Um, and as I mentioned, again, it's just how, you know, as you're listening, do you support one candidate versus or, or, or support the other candidate? That's, that's all we're working with here. So uh, we can only speculate as to exactly what these evaluations, other than this, the, just the stated ex, uh, um, instructions, what they, what the, what, what the candidate, or what the voters are thinking there, like what in other words, if I understand the question correctly, like on what, um, in what dimension, right, of the evaluation are they, are they, are, are they making that, that choice? Um, it's not clear, I guess is my answer to that. So, um, yeah, I, I hope that <laughs> doesn't really satisfy, no, but um, it's not quite clear as to, you know, how, if I understood the question correctly, it's not quite clear as to what, um, 
as to, you know, what feature of the candidate are they, um, are they evaluating on? But we do know that things like um, warmth or competence, um, they, they, um, <clears throat> they map onto like kind of global evaluations, right? So we know that from the literature, right? So, but we just don't know specifically like here for a given candidate what's going on, or for a given voter rather. Thanks. Uh, next question is from Matthijs Rodan. Thank you, Constantine. This is a great study. What I like in particular is the very rich research design. Question, in addition to the robustness checks, to what extent would you argue the focus on Merkel makes it a very conservative test? Not because Merkel is ideologically conservative, but because of her conservative approach to, yeah, towards displaying emotions at all. And I, I kind of want to second that that question. I, I've once been to a meeting of the CDU CSU, and and she, this, this was uh, mid early like sort of 2008 2009. She's incredibly shy, and, right. and, and even at a party gathering, it was there was, she, it's not a it's not a. She she had to be held a little on the stage to feel comfortable and 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 so so yeah I think it's a good question Matthijs. Yeah, so this is absolutely this is an excellent question. Um, uh, so yeah, like that that is one thing also that we were kind of looking at. Um, that um, I think it's also like outside the party headquarters. At one point, they had this huge display, and it was um, her with her classic like uh, the way she puts her. Her, her hands together and it's just like this classic like kind of zen balanced um, kind of uh, persona and that's something that we you know that does when we think about Angela Merkel that we, we think about that um, the so so a couple things on this um, that actually would be one way to think about right and what's interesting with the data um, uh, we, we saw like um, an interesting evolution, actually. We were able to track kind of the emotive, like the evolution of her emotive displays over time as well. And what we see is that um, in the first debate, she was actually very emotional. <laughs> and then as time has gone, as time went on, right, you started to see this kind of dissipate um, on, some of the, on some of the dimensions. So like on some of the, the modes. So um, in particular, the one that comes to mind right now is her vocal um, her, her vocal displays? Um, so her um, uh, her um, you would it, it kind of became flat over time, um, and uh, now is that you know there's also new questions that arise there, right? Is this an age thing or is this um, an experience thing? Is this uh, she's been an incumbent forever thing? Um, but the you know that that's I think for future research or uh, other research. Um, the one thing though is that um, clearly we are working, we are focusing on, um, and we say it in the paper that this is uh, you know the most powerful woman in the world, um, and so she's also this very interesting um, case study in and of, of itself. Um, and so yeah, like there is there is one way to look at this that she's the least likely case for finding um, emotion effects and so the fact that we do find them is maybe surprising as well yes so conservative test um anonymous attendee 
has a question for you. Thank you for the great talk. Very interesting. The DV on the voter level is measured with a questionnaire, if I understood it correctly. How do you think response bias has an effect on this? Do you think this study could have benefited from, uh, from neurophysiological measurements at the voter level? I'm sorry, so... Um, uh, if you press on the Q&A button, you can also read the oh, question yes, with me. Yes, yes, let me, let me actually... Um, if everyone can, can bear, ah, here we go, so Q&A, yes. Well, um, in fact, no, the, the voter level um, dependent variable is, um, is um, from this continuous response, it's a continuous response measure coming from this dial that the respondents were turning right and left um, as they were watching the debate. So it's not, um, it's, it's not like, well, it, it is, I guess it is self-report, you know, it, it is, yes. Yeah, I, I, I forgot that I'm talking to the hot politics lab here. Um, so um, they are, they are, they are kind of self-reporting absolutely live, but it's not direct observation. Now, absolutely. Like if we could, um, who knows, hot politics lab, but like, you know, if you can, um, wire people up and absolutely like measure measure responses directly uh that would only enrich the um this 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 research project absolutely and and i think that there's definitely valuable um valuable research to be done here and other things too like eye tracking for instance etc yes um so i guess i could no, I'll read the question out loud, and oh, then yeah, you, you can just oh, read yeah, along, sense. just so that yeah. we keep the structure uh, yes, of course. that we are used to. Uh, uh, the next question is from Isabella Ribasso. Hi, Constantine. Thanks for a lot for your talk. It raised two questions for me, but I'm not sure if you've looked into these things. Let's start with the first question. First, have you used your transcripts to look into the target of emotions? I would imagine that the SPD candidate's anger is targeted at the incumbent. Merkel herself, but if Merkel expresses anger, what is it about? Yeah, so no um, kind of deeper natural language processing to the text, um, but absolutely, this would be fascinating. Um, there are other parts of the text too that, you know, that, um, so what we do is we, we um, no, so no, that's a, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, what we do do, though, is um, we do have some context in that we control for the the the, the topic of discussion, uh, and that um, and those um, those topics also were coded um, based on how gendered they are, right? So are these masculine or or or, or more feminine um, topics based on kind of theory. Uh, but um, we don't have kind of these more um, deeper things like blame or, or, or target of sentiment. Um, and, um, and we know that voters do probably react to these things. Um, and so that would be an interesting extension, which is these um, the multimodal nonverbal displays um, uh, interacted maybe um, with uh, kind of more context in the actual debate Another thing, I'll, even just a simpler thing that we were thinking about was just even just the interaction of the topic of discussion with the with these um, displays mm -hmm. because there's significant, um, you know, th there's a lot of literature also about um, uh, 
congruency, like how congruent um, the displays are with what, what is being said. Um, and this has been studied um, uh, in the past. And so we wanted to, you know, at some point we want to look at this um, further as well. But we've got the topic and the sentiment of the text. We just don't have this kind of added layer of, um, of uh, rich detail, which is kind of where, you know, if, they, if it's an attack, which way, et cetera. Yeah, no, I think just picking up on it, I, I think it would be interesting to to see to what extent the expression, like psychologists and neuroscientists seem to to these facial displays as a way of a, a sort of signaling. And and so if, if the sentiment in the text is aligning with what people are signaling or if these are unaligned, uh, you know, that's that's something that we at least are interested in at the moment. And uh, I, I think that's something that your data could speak to. Um, uh, the let's go to the second question of Isabella. Um, so second, if I understood correctly in Germany, there are two types of debates between the two candidates for, for the chancellor, CDU, SPD, and among the smaller parties. Do you find differences in emotionality between these two types of debates? Um, yes, so we, we have two different types. Absolutely, that's correct. Um, I, nothing comes to mind, like I don't recall us actually looking at the average differences in emotionality across these two debates. Um, but I don't think that there was like just, just recalling the descriptive statistics in my, in my head right now and like working with the data, I don't recall any major differences. And even just looking at, looking at the video also, um, there might've been a little bit more anger in the minor debates. Um, but that's, um, I'm not quite sure, but it would be, it would be marginal, I think. But this is something that we haven't looked systematically. Um, we haven't actually tested across the two debates. I have a question, uh, Constantine. Um, uh, it's the end of the week, so maybe I, it's my memory, but, but what is the reason to, to zoom in on on anger and happiness, well, you have information on these other emotions that that uh, so so. And I know anger and happiness are are two well studied emotions in in political science, but but things like disgust and and sadness might be have have, have probably have clear political implications, uh, such as surprise also in a debate. So I'm wondering, is that something you want to do in a follow up, or is there uh, what 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 was the what was the the reason to zoom in on these two and, and is there any work planned on these other emotions that, that should also or could also matter? Yeah, so these are these are great questions. So the first um, is that, um, so one is that in the literature on nonverbal um, like political communication in this, in this context, right, debates, um, anger and happiness have been the kind of the central, the central variables of interest based on um, theory of kind of hedonic and agonistic displays, um, but that that but the but it's not that they have been studied exclusively, right? So um, in the past, others have also looked at things like fear, for instance. The, the issue here is that these um, so for some of these emotions like fear, uh, they are very rare, right? So the, the 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 study that I can think of that goes the furthest back that I can recall is from the 1980s in the United States. And they looked at, if I remember correctly, they were looking, they were, they were looking at um, just, they were just trying to measure the emotional, emotional displays 
of Democratic um, primary candidates for president. And um, they found that fear was fear displays were almost non-existent. Um, and uh, in our work um, uh, on the Republican debates um, uh, from 2016, we also found that fear was almost non-existent. So are political candidates strategic? Like absolutely, like don't go on national television and have a fearful face, right? Like that might be one of those first rules that they have. Um, and it looks like that's, that's, that's the case. So for one set of emotions, like that's, you know, um, we, we um, not only are, you know, we have clear expectations also on the, on the, on the, the, the role expectations, but also on the, on the gender expectations too, right? So on the gender role, um, we have uh, in the gender role theory, right, literature, um, they, there's also a lot of emphasis on anger and happiness, right? And so that's also why we're focusing on these two emotions. Um, some of these emotions are non-existent, others are, haven't been really validated that well, well either. Um, and so it's also like a practical matter as well. I give the word to Gijs, who I think also has a question. One thing I want to say, though, is that we do have a we do have we do we have run models on um, with uh, the the um, all the other emotions, um, and we report them in our paper. But they don't come to mind. But um, I can pull them up. Oh yeah, no, I I, th I think already you know just putting that somewhere in the appendix is something is probably is, is valuable information at at some point you know, that that. That's nice, yeah. Future right. research. Yes. Lots more to, to work on. I think this uh, and this is a really nice paper. I think uh, it will be part of a set of papers that will ultimately drive the political science away from Likert skills and other storytelling. Uh, I think it's really yeah. exciting stuff. And um, so congrats. Yeah, I, I, have, I have a lot of questions, but um, or, or or maybe just comments. But um, um, let me. I wanted to ask a practical question, and that's that's using the uh, the, the Microsoft Face uh, API. Uh, <clears throat> so, um, does it actually give you also values for the action units, or is it just an estimate of the uh, discrete emotions? Um, I'm sorry, I, I couldn't hear the first part. So does it give us estimates of? The action units. Oh, right, I see. Um, no, so what, um, what you can return is you can return um, landmarks on the face, but it doesn't give you the actual, although, right, so although the model from the literature that we could find, right, from Microsoft research, um, uh, it's clear that these um, models at some point, and maybe still, I would expect, um, are trained using facts. Um, and, but um, it just gives us a confidence score for those, um, that output layer of the convolutional neural network. Um, there's nothing like, um, it doesn't give us those action units so that we can maybe be, if I understand kind of where you're going with that, is it like that we can reconstruct or, you know, we can come up with better, um, yeah, yeah um, like more nuanced 
uh, emotional displays based yeah. on the action units. Um, no. Yeah. I, I mean, at a minimum, I, I'd be interested in in. Uh, I mean, the the, the the discrete emotion scores should be based, I, I, I presume, on the action unit scores. So, yeah, I, I'd be interested in in how they in yeah in in, in sort of the, the scores they you need to to have on 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 particular action units to be to be uh, described as angry. There's uh, probably like. I don't, you know, I can only speculate, but there's probably room for research there in the hidden layers aspect of the CNN. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't, nothing on the output. Certainly, I mean, the documentation, again, we have to be very grateful um, to Microsoft for, for this product. Um, it helped us a lot, but I mean, the documentation was just like, here's a confidence score on these emotions, period, done. Okay, thanks. Uh, there's a question from uh, Carlos Rivera. Uh, you mentioned people of color. Do you think that people of color and particularly women of color would be punished for the display of emotions, particularly anger? <clears throat> so, um, on the theory side, um, I think that my co-author, um, my co-authors would help me a little bit. They would know a little bit more than I do. I would on the other dimensions of kind of the literature on race, for instance. Um, so um, I, I don't have a very good answer for this, um, but um, but certainly, you know, as we, as we mentioned here, there's gender gender effects. Like, um, but I'm, I, I, from from my reading, right on race, I would say that um, that there is this um, there there are similar dynamics. Um, so, for instance, um, black men in the United States, black male candidates, um, uh, are, are you know don't want to you know they, they understand that they shouldn't look more angry or uh, um, than 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 appropriate. So there are these types of constraints are do exist. I mean, certainly anecdotally, um, and from my reading of the literature, that this is also um, this is also something that exists. Um, so if we were to then take this two by two, right? If we're just looking at two races and two uh, two genders, um, yes, like black women candidates uh, do face significant burdens, right? Um, Again, I mean, just think about the anecdotal kind of just uh, accounts of women candidates also, just when they, you know, uh, the one that comes to mind is, uh, uh, I mean, it's gonna sound weird, but, you know, just go on YouTube and find uh, Hillary Clinton on the Howard Stern show. For those of you who are Americans, um, Howard Stern is kind of this shock jock um, radio DJ, um, but, you know, long career, but, um, you know, she went on his show and she she was talking about this right during the 2016 election, right? The all the things that were going on in her mind right during the debate as to like how she should present herself, how she should react or not react to Donald Trump displaying those aggressive displays, right? Um, you know, hanging out in the background, encroaching on her space, like all these things are running through her mind in real time, right? And she's she's burdened by, um, by this calculus, um, something that male candidates don't have to, um, don't have to deal with. Um, and so if you add on the layer of race, we would expect, um, we'd expect similar, 
or even a more pronounced effect. Um, but again, I, I should know a little bit more about the race dimension, um, and I'm not answer, I'm not getting a, a really good answer here. Uh, thanks, thanks, uh, Constant. I I also have another question for you. Um, that relates a little bit between that what politicians uh, show and the and and the outcome that then is then it, that is happening. And so, some of my reading of this literature suggests that that voters are not always great at per, per se recognizing specific discrete emotions in other people's uh, this in other people's faces and so so right now you're attributing this to anger and it has a negative effect this could be one way that indeed voters see the anger or are they maybe seeing some sort of negative valence um and 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 so are we now, are these effects now driven by anger or more a negative affectivity? I, I have a feeling your data cannot, you know, this is a little, this is beyond probably the project you're having here, but it has something to do with the, with the mechanism which is underlying the effect that you see here that, that because of anger, there is this, this downstream outcome, but is it because of anger? Uh, and that might go back to the earlier question I asked you, maybe showing that the other negative emotion, negatively famous emotions don't cause this effect might be partly able to show that it is anger and not just negative affectivity that people show that 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 creates these effects. I think that's an excellent question. Um, and um, yeah, so our data are limited here, right? Um, we can we can only rely on a few things here. First is our validation of um, our validation of the of the of the, um, of the of the scores provided by the API. We had um, we had American re research assistants, so they don't ostensibly they don't know what's what's being uh, said. They're just reacting to the faces, and so. Um, and so um, that's that's kind of one channel, right? That basically um, our validation measures hopefully are not are not being um, are not being polluted by um, maybe understanding of what's being said here. Um, the other is that we control for the sentiment of the text. Now it's 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 not the most it's not the best um, measure here. Uh, to be honest with you, um, there are all sorts of limitations on. Um, um, on sentiment dictionaries, although this one is validated quite well on the German language, um, and so you know, if you buy our valid, uh, if you buy our sentiment um, uh, score for a dollar, then like uh, if you have any confidence in it, like we could say that all right, we're controlling for valence a little bit in this way as well. Um, but um, you know, for, like absolutely, like that could be also a case here. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to say that that's not what's going on here. Um, we can only rely on. on, on I, there might be something else that's escaping me right now, but those are the two that come to my mind that we're able to at least um, allay um, fears of, of this channel. But this is something that could happen as well. Absolutely, it's a great point. I think I'm going to hand the floor to Gijs to round up. 
Yeah, uh, thanks, uh, Constantine, for this this presentation, and uh, good luck with uh, with getting this uh, this uh, book manuscript disguised as an article uh, published. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think you'll spend a couple of years uh, following down all the possible paths uh, uh, that that have emerged from this this project. Um, yeah. Looking forward to seeing this in print. Uh, uh, at this stage, we typically digitally, virtually give you the hot politics lab mock. I oh, have one here, but uh, it's in the dishwasher. Next time, uh, next time but, I'm in Amsterdam, or when I'm in Dublin, Absolutely. <laughs> or or we see each other at some uh, some international conference. Um, thanks a lot for being here. Thank you very uh, much. And uh, let me br briefly announce the. Uh, the upcoming talks for the next few weeks. Um, next week, we have Jana Krupnikov from uh, Stony Brook University. Um, do we actually have an update on our topic yet, Bert? Um, I'm blanking. I don't know. <laughs> OK. <laughs> uh, then the week after, we have Michael Bruter going to talk about his most recent book among other things about how to design a voting booth in, in, in during elections, a relevant topic here now in the Netherlands. Uh, and then uh, the last uh, week of February, we have no meeting due to a, uh, a, a public holiday uh, here in the Netherlands. Then March 5, we have Germa van Kleef from the psychology department. Uh, and uh, March 12, we have Ben Ruis, also from the psychology department, but the University of Leiden. Uh, I do have an update on Jana's talk. Oh, uh, so that's a that's a follow-up paper from her recent uh, AJPS uh, paper with Eric Grunendijk on motivated reasoning. And if you haven't read that paper, you should probably read it. Uh, and so I'm sure the new the follow-up on the 2020 AJPS will be very important and exciting as well. So we'll okay. hear about that next week, Friday. Cool. Okay, sounds good. I'm um, really looking forward to seeing you all there. And um, if, if you don't have the time, you know, please, uh, you, can, you can listen to us on Spotify and, 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 and watch us at, uh, on YouTube as well. Okay, uh, for now, um, have a good weekend and uh, see you next week.